Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome, Arse fans, to another Arse Blog Arsecast on ArseBlog.com. In association, as always, with SavileRogue.com. By now, I'm sure you know what they do. They make football scarves and great football scarves, too. Even though it might not be uh, the weather for football scarves, everybody needs a scarf. So if you need a scarf, go to SavileRogue.com. Well, an Arsecast in a week without Arsenal. Which I suppose is a good preparation for the summer, where we're going to have to produce an Arsecast every week on the back of um, transfer rumour and all that sort of stuff. So um, uh, coming up between now and the end of the show, which could be as long as a normal Arsecast, or it could be shorter. I'm not quite sure yet, because I've only just started recording. Uh, we have got uh, the man in the bar. We've also got Arsene Wenger Hawkins. I'll also be teaching you how to speak Catalan with Sesc Fabregas. That's coming up a bit later. What else? Uh, you see what I mean? We're kind of short in material this week. But actually, we have got um, another chat with the infamous um, and quite brown Mug Smasher, who's just back from a week's golfing holiday in Portugal, the cunt. Um, and he'll be in to talk about the Arsenal-Liverpool game, and I suspect that he's going to be up to something a bit sneaky, you see, because... The last time we spoke to him was before the two cup games, uh, the FA Cup and the Carling Cup, uh, in which Arsenal scored 27 goals in two games at Anfield. And uh, when I asked him about uh, what he thought of those games and whether he was confident that, that Liverpool could win, he said that yes, indeed, he was. He was. He felt that the absence, in particular in the FA Cup game of Fabregas, was going to have a big impact and that Liverpool would surely win. The other day, when he was uh, drunk and we were talking about doing this, he said that what he's going to do is he's going to come on and say that Arsenal are going to win because he's trying to jinx us and reverse jinx his own team. But the sneaky thing is, we know he's trying to jinx us. So once we all know that he's trying to jinx us, his jinxing won't work. And what it will do is actually jinx his own team. However, however... Do not put it past the mug smasher to come in and say that Liverpool are going to win in an elaborate double bluff jinx type thing. We shall have to see what, what goes on with that. So there really has been very little happening since the last uh, Arscast. Uh, and given that we've had two weeks of international football, we've all gone a little bit stir crazy, you see, after the defeat against Everton. You want your next game to come as quickly as possible so you can put the pain of that defeat behind you and move on and get things back on track, as it were. But we've had to put up with uh, two weeks of fairly dull international football. 
Ireland have won both their games, amazingly, despite having a man in charge who's more suited to a career as a scarecrow than a football manager. And uh, England have been quite hilarious. Uh, sorry to all you England fans out there, but um, watching them come off the pitch at halftime in the Olympic Stadium in Barcelona to the boos and jeers and, and slight catcalls of the England fans that were there was, was a, a, an amusing aside, as I think I've seen in football in, in recent years. Elsewhere, Emmanuel Adebayor received some death threats um, as he went to play for Togo. He was told that if he didn't play for Togo, someone was going to kill him. What happened? He went out and scored two goals. Now, given the fact we're finding it a little bit difficult to get goals at the moment, perhaps that's something we should consider. Now, between the lot of us, we can choose a player each at random. We can pick 11 people, or maybe 14, just to cover our bases a little bit. Threaten to kill them, and they'll all score two goals each. We'll beat Liverpool 22-3, because, you know, let's face it, they're bound to score a couple anyway. Think it might work? Worth a try, isn't it? Anyway, uh, since then, Adibayor was sent home from the Togo squad because they haven't been paid any of their bonuses or World Cup wages, and Adibayor and a couple of his mates were representing the other players. And uh, the Togonian FA said, Look here, Adibayor, old chap, fuck off. And they sent him on his way home, which is good for us because it means that he gets um, a little bit more rest and doesn't have to fly around the world. And he's considering his international future... Um, not so much because of the death threats, because, you know, who hasn't had death threats in their time? But the fact that they won't pay them uh, the money that they've been promised. You'll remember that there were problems during the World Cup itself, and there was some talk that they might not even play one of the games because of the uh, the promises that were made and not kept anyway. Uh, that's all by the by. Uh, the other thing uh, was the £100,000 fine uh, handed out to Arsenal and to Chelsea for the so-called brawl in the Carling Cup final. Now, it was hardly a brawl, was it? It was just, you know, a little bit of handbags. Um, compared to other brawls where punches are thrown, the punishments, I would say, were a little bit harsh. But what happens uh, to the money that Arsenal and Chelsea have to pay to the FA? I didn't know, so so I rang them up. Hello, Football Association. Yeah, hi, good morning. Um, I have a question for you about the... Uh, the fines uh, given out to Arsenal and Chelsea, if that's okay. Right. Uh, what? What? Can I ask what? What happens to that money? Is it donated to charity, or or what happens? I don't know. I'll just find out from the disciplinary department. Yeah, it just goes just goes to the FA into the FA pot for grassroots football refereeing, etc. Right. Okay. It doesn't go okay. to sort of pay Sven's payoff or anything like that. It just goes to the general FA pot. So you basically that you can do what you want with that money. Well, most of it gets invested in grassroots football. Okay. So it all goes into the FA pot. Yes, I'm sure some of it goes towards grassroots football. And who are we to doubt the probity of the FA? But when you consider that Arsenal and Chelsea were fined a hundred thousand pounds each, yeah, in the playoff semi-final last year between Watford and Crystal Palace. There was a brawl involving pretty much all the players, all the managers, and the coaching staff, and it started on the touchline between Watford manager Eddie Boothroyd and Crystal Palace player Fitz Hall. The scenes were ugly. And when I say ugly, I mean, think of the offspring of Robbie Savage and Ian Dowie. 
That's how ugly they were. I think in the end, Watford were fined £35,000 and Crystal Palace £42,000. Hmm. Then you have, of course, Spurs and, and Borough. Spurs were fined 8000 with 4000 suspended and Borough 2000 or 4000 with 2000 suspended. Or it could be the other way around. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. And again, it was for uh, pushing and shoving and handbags, which is pretty much all that went on in the Carling Cup final. Emmanuel Adibayor ended up being fined more uh, than both Spurs and Borough combined for not hitting anyone. Okay, he sort of jumped around a bit and was unhappy, but if you got yourself a, an unjust red card in a cup final in the last few minutes when you're trying to score an equaliser, I suggest you too would be rather um, vexed by the whole situation. But anyway, that's the FA for you. And um, yeah, there you go. So you take uh, from that what you will. £100,000 from Arsenal, £100,000 from Chelsea. How much of, Del, uh, how much of that £200,000 is going to go into grassroots football? You guess. Anyway, listen to me waffling on about nothing in particular. It's time to bring you something slightly uh, more entertaining, and that's coming up very shortly uh, with the Mug Smasher. Now, one of the things that uh, I'm sure you all appreciate is that it's a, it's an expensive business putting these cars together. And, um, you know, I, I have a sponsor, and a very good sponsor in SavileRogue.com, and uh, I appreciate uh, their contribution. But, of course, you know, I, I need to make you know, a few quid for myself. So I've decided uh, to start taking advertising uh, on the Arscast. Uh, we'll be having commercial breaks like like they do on the radio. Uh, you know, you can skip past them, I suppose, if you want. But, you know, if you listen to them, maybe you'll find something that, you know, works for you. Maybe. Anyway, um, as I said, the Mugs Measure is on the way. And we'll be right back after this break. This is Chester. Well, you can't see Chester because... This is a radio ad, but Chester's a two-year-old golden Labrador. Say hello, Chester. <coughs> Chester was abandoned by his previous owners. They put him in the car, went for a drive, and stopped off in the woods. Before they let Chester go free and drove off without him, they tied him down and violated him in a way that only Elton John would have enjoyed. We found Chester some weeks later, starving, emaciated, covered with fleas, and scooching along the ground, afraid to stand up in case something else was put up his arse. The sad thing is, there are a lot of dogs like Chester, and we're trying to help them all. So if you can provide a home to one of these animals, why not give us a call? We're the Dog Rescue Home on 1-800-555-PUPPY. All you have to do is promise not to rape them. Isn't that right, Chester? <laughs> yeah. Okay, now on the Arscast, we welcome back um, from Portugal, the Mug Smasher. Hello. Hello there. How are you doing? You're, you're very brown. I am, yeah. yeah. You look like Natalie and Bruglia now. <laughs> I feel like her too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you should try it. I won't. <laughs> if you'll pardon me, I, I just won't. Okay, a big game coming up on Saturday. Um, Arsenal-Liverpool. Arsenal in a little bit of you know trouble over the last little while. Um, due to our defeat at Everton and the fact that our strikers are um, poo and we can't score goals. Yeah. So uh, are you feeling confident? Uh, well, last time I felt confident and we got hockeyed, so I think Arsenal are going to win. Aha. Big way. Um, I don't know. I mean, our strikers aren't exactly good these days either, are they? Dirk Coyte runs a lot and he's very honest, but he doesn't seem to be able to score a goal. Yes. Um, and after that, it does nothing. Yeah, really. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm not happy with our uh, with our strikers this season. 
Um, is Crouch going to be in or out? It's hard to guess. Mm. There's no second guess on the man. Um, because he did have an operation on his face or something, didn't he? Did he? Yeah. Did he? God, I know more about your team than you do. I've been drunk for a week. You have to excuse me. Yeah, that's fair enough then. That's fair enough. Um, so you are trying the whole reverse uh, double bluff thing here. Yeah. Yeah, I figured you might try that. Which probably won't work, but I'm going to give it a go. I honestly, uh, it, you can't call this game, I don't think. I mean, both teams are struggling a bit. We're, we're battling for, for a third spot, and uh, it's just a bit pitiful at this stage of the season, I think. That that's what we're playing for. Yeah, and that we're just not even playing well to try and win it. I mean, neither team is setting the world on fire at the moment. That is um, at least we have the Champions League. Fair point. Fair point. Do you see uh, Liverpool as being um a long way from being title contenders? I don't know. I mean we we spoke about it earlier in the season before the previous game and I thought we weren't too far off. But any time we seem to get close to to a team that I think playing the way Benitez wants us to play we, we seem to start to fall apart again I mean we can't put anything consistent together yeah. it's outside of European competition but no. I, don't, I don't know it's hard to judge and I, I think if next season doesn't go too well or if, if we have a, a faltering season like the previous two uh, I don't know how much longer Benitez will stick around and how much longer the fans will want him Is there some unrest at the moment? Uh, there's always some unrest there's always the knee jerkers and, and, and the people who want him out I mean I, I try to be a bit uh, more realistic about things and, and give the man a chance. Um, but, I mean, if if we continue to be as inconsistent and, and very annoying as we have been, then at some point the patience will run out with him. Um, Fair enough. Okay, then, from a, from a, not a neutral perspective, but from uh, an outsider's perspective, in a very League of Gentlemen type way, outsider <laughs> you are. But what do you make of Arsenal, in particular the uh, the struggles uh, of our strikers? You can say without Henri and Van Persie, you're taking away a huge amount of the goal threat, but shouldn't Julio Baptista and Ali Adier have shown a little more over the last little while? And you've watched the games with me and, you know. Well, you would have hoped so. Particularly Baptista, who seems to be the clumsiest Brazilian I've seen play in a long time. Ali Adier, I've never been convinced of. He did... You know, he did some good stuff in the cup earlier on, particularly against us. But um, I've never been convinced of him. But I, you're going to struggle without without Van Persie and Henri. And I think I don't know whether you'll ever see Henri back again the way he used to be. Um, I think he's reaching reaching that age now where he's getting injured a lot, and I don't know whether he'll ever have the pace and 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 the, the sharpness that he had before. Van Persie looks a, looks a super prospect, and I, I think he'll be the the main striker for Arsenal for for years to come. But you get you got to get somebody to to help him. True. Um, we've got Addy Bayor back, which is good. He's kind of tall, and he is tall. I forgot about him completely. Yeah, he's handy. He puts himself about a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I suppose without uh, Henri and Van Persie, you're, you're really going to struggle. Yeah. Um, I, I something I've been meaning to ask you because I know you're very um. I know you're very uh, astute when it comes to the stock market and things like that. <laughs> uh, have you bought that 9.9% of, of Arsenal just to fucking piss me off? I didn't buy it, no. I facilitated the purchasing of it to a, an unnamed party. You're not going to tell me who it was, no? No, I can't at the moment, no. Are you sure? Daniel, not... Daniel Levy. <laughs> I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can say. Fair enough. 
I won't press you any further on the matter. Um, <laughs> a prediction, a quick prediction for, for Saturday. In uh, fact, well, are you going out on Friday night? I am. Where? Uh, big session. Is there? Yeah. yeah. You coming? Uh, possibly. Uh, Where? Uh, I don't know yet. I'm waiting to hear details. Okay. That would mean Saturday morning could be a little delicate. Delicate indeed, yeah. But okay. you'll always get out of bed for a game like that. Certainly will. Okay, um, Grant. Well, uh, let's have your pre-big session prediction. Uh, minus one all. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, I, I, Arsenal seven nil. Baptiste Hattrick. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reverse jinx your double bluff by saying two nil Arsenal. Oh, interesting. Yeah, now so you're fucked. You never thought of that, did you? One nil, Stevie Finnan. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, well, listen, all the very um, worst of luck on Saturday. And you too. And um, thank you. No problem. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Goodbye. <laughs> so there you go. The dastardly mug smasher. I told you, didn't I? Did I tell you he'd try and jinx us? Hopefully we've um, done enough to prevent his jinxosity. But who knows? Saturday, 1245 at Anfield. All the questions will be answered then. On the way, don't forget, learn how to speak Catalan with Sesc Fabregas. Uh, that's coming up a little bit later. But now, Arsene Wenger Hawkins is here. And this week, he too has been in the studio. This week, I have been recording my debut album. It's an album of cover versions of great ladies' tunes, such as What's the Color of Money? Too Shy Shy, and Our Lips Are Sealed by the Fun Boy 3. But Arsene Wenger Hawkins... I hear you say, surely you don't have much of a singing voice, what will you be a half-robot type guy? I would say, yes, that is true. However, you have to remember that computers are capable of magical things these days. Using software even better than the stuff they used to make it sound like Britney Spears can sing, I simply recite my words into the microphone and the studio guy, who is an enormous Filipino man called Kaikoua, twiddles with his knobs and out comes beautiful music. Here's an outtake from the studio. Okay, let's do this in one take. Okay, Kaikoua. We built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. So he does his magic and then this comes out the other end. We built this city. We built this city on rock. 
What a beautiful singing voice he has. Arson Finger Hawkins, as always, uh, will be back on next week's Arscast. There hasn't been too much because of the, the internationals and the lack of real football. There hasn't been too much in terms of, in terms of feedback uh, for this week's Arscast. A couple of little things to go over, though. First one is an audio message from George, who already won a scarf, so we can't get a scarf for this one. Sorry, George, but uh, here's his message. Hello, Ars Blogger. This morning, after making silky love to my Savile Rogue scarf, thank you very much, I started to wonder about the transfer window. It's only spring, and we've already been linked to Ribery, Maluda, Abidal, George Foreman, Duran Duran's Andy Taylor and probably a number of other players so young that we'll be trying to sign them the same time that Angelina Jolie is trying to adopt them. Anyhow, what I'm wondering is whether you think Arsene Wenger will sign someone early in the window and put us out of our misery, or wait and wait and wait before signing someone we had never expected. Curious about your thoughts? Great blog as usual. Thank you. Thank you for that, George, and um, a very well-put question, too. I did love the Angelina Jolie line. Um... It's a million-dollar question, isn't it, when it comes to Arsene Wenger? You always hope that he's going to do his business early in the summer, but traditionally, he he doesn't tend to do that. Um, quite where he's going to buy and who he's going to buy and when he's going to buy them this summer, uh, your guess is as good as mine. If I had to put some money on anyone at this stage, it would be uh, Ribéry. Um, who's going to leave? Again, that uh, is up for debate. Uh, I suspect the ends will leave and possibly Freddie, but apart from that, I'm not really sure yet. But what I'm not going to do at this point is get into that in a great uh, amount of detail because basically I've got a whole summer of Arscast uh, to fill up with transfer gossip and rumours and, and things like that. So uh, I'm not going to blow any of my A1 material um, right now. Not that I have any A1 material. Uh, the other person who tried to leave an audio comment this week was somebody um, who called themselves Wankface. And you can put a little bit of a text at the bottom of the audio message. And his text was cunt. And I think what he was probably trying to do was leave me an abusive message. But he was so technically inept uh, that he couldn't do it. Stupid Wankface if that is his real name, which I doubt that it is. Um, one or two emails, uh, really sort of only the one good email this week, sorry, sorry. But uh, it comes from Greg Adams, who says, um, it's it's uh, evident to anyone who's a frequent reader of our blog that you're not slow in calling uh, spade a spade, or indeed a cunt a cunt, and quite right too. And he says, uh, with so many cunts out there, it seems a little unfair for them to be all grouped into the same genetic category. Uh, some are bigger cunts than others, some are dubbed cunt for entirely different reasons to their fellow cunts. So what he's talking about is maybe having some kind of uh, Oscars for cunts. Um, so we could have the cunsters. Um, endless categories, he says. The Scottish cunt, this would be awarded annually to Sir Alex Ferguson. He says, I can't think of anyone else that comes close. Ugliest cunt, Wayne Rooney and Sam Allardyce would be among my nominations. Team cunts, Chelsea, Spurs and United. Uh, Premier League manager cunt Ferguson, of course. Mourinho, Allardyce, Pardew. Is there anybody else below? Could Gareth Southgate get in there? He does have that very strange head and he will look around your shower curtain if you let him. 
Even if you don't let him, you might find him sneaking a peek and looking at your hairy arse. Uh, TV pundit cunt. Ah, oh, the possibilities are endless. He says Alan Hansen, but there's there's also um, Andy Gray. There's also Richard Keyes, Jamie Redknapp, uh, Glenn Hoddle. So many of them. Fat cunt. Well, Rooney and Lampard as well, now that Mickey Quinn has retired. And referee cunts. Well, again, you've got so many possibilities. Graham Pohl, Steve Bennett, uh, Mike Riley, and so many of them. So maybe that's something we'll look into uh, over the summer to have a... Uh, a vote on the site and people can vote for their biggest cunts in all these uh, particular categories so thank you for that Greg and for that you're going to get yourself a scarf now then if you've ever learned a foreign language chances are you might have used some tapes so listen and repeat tapes things like that hmm? um, another good way is, is having conversations uh, in that foreign language so what if you were to learn Catalan how to speak Catalan with Cesc Fabregas wouldn't that be awesome it would and that's what we've got for you right now. How to Speak Catalan with Cesc Fabregas, recorded um, a little earlier on today with the Catalan-speaking blogette. Okay, now on the Arscast, as promised, a little bit of an educational feature. How to Speak Catalan with Cesc Fabregas. Now, that doesn't mean that Cesc Fabregas is going to be actually teaching you Catalan. What I mean is that if you're in the supermarket, for example, and you see a little five uh, ten Catalan youth... Uh, buying frozen pizzas, you can say something to him in his own language, like we did last week, which was, uh, Hello, Cesc Fabregas, you're the best. Hola, Cesc Fabregas, it's Almillo. Exactly. Now, maybe you want to carry on the conversation a little bit. So you might want to say, Cesc, I think you're a totally awesome football player. Cesc, yo creo que es el millor jugador de fútbol. See, very good. Now, if you were a very big fan of Cesc, you might want to say, Hello, Cesc Fabregas. I realize that I'm a man, but if I was a girl, I'd like have your babies and stuff. How would you say that? Hola, Cesc. Ya sé que soy un hombre, pero si yo fuera un, una dona, tendrías teufils. Excellent. That's really good. So we now know how to say something uh, like that. How would we say, Cesc, can I have your autograph, please? Cesc, em pots donar l'autograph? Very good. So that's something easy to say. Um, what if you wanted to uh, say, uh, Hey, Cesc, would you like to go to the cinema with me next week? Because we want to have a question for the ladies, you know, so... Hey, Cesc, vols venir la setmana que ve al cine? Excellent. And finally, and this is a very... Uh, handy phrase, and I think it's a phrase that every Arsenal fan should know in case they do meet Cesc. And it's one thing saying it in English, but if you can say it to the man in Catalan, he's more likely to, to be on your side. So the phrase that I'm looking for here is, Cesc, the next time Arsenal play Chelsea, can you please kick Frank Lampard in the bollocks? Cesc, la próxima vegada que jugues contra el Chelsea, li pots donar una patada als ous al Frank Lampard? Molt bé. Excellent. Thank you very much, Bloggett. Darre. So there you go. That's how to speak Catalan with Cesc Fabregas. And if there's a particular phrase, a particular saying, that you would like uh, to be translated into Catalan on the off chance that you might meet Cesc out and about somewhere, and you want to impress him with your language skills, simply email arscast at arsblog.com and we'll do our best to translate those for you for a very reasonable fee. And big thanks to the bloggette uh, for her Catalan skills there. Uh, the Arscast, it's, it's like a big family affair thing, isn't it? 
so, sort of like the, the Swiss Family Robinson, or or the Osmonds, something like that. Anyway, uh, moving on. The man in the bar this week has gone way back in time, way, way, way back. And he's talking about a very old Arsenal player with a very old friend of his in the bar too. Now. And uh, it's been a quiet old week, hasn't it? few international games, but no Arsenal. I've been amusing myself with the old Cricket World Cup, his great crack altogether. I suspect England will be hoping they beat Ireland uh, this Friday, uh, because it seems to me that losing to Ireland is punishable by death, which is quite harsh, I have to say. But anyway, today's player history has a bit of a cricketing theme to it, and to help me along the way, you see, this guy's quite old. Uh, this player we're talking about. And I found one Arsenal fan. He's an own regular here. He's Ireland's oldest man, born in 1883. So he's, he saw him playing a good few times. And his name is Seamus O'Monacon. Seamus, say hello. I wish I were dead. Well, now that Seamus, you love being pushed around and pissing in a bag of things. You're right, the player we're talking about is Ted Drake, who joined Arsenal in 1934 after playing cricket for Hampshire and after playing football for Southampton. He was sort of like an old-style Theo Walcott, except without that, you know, action man hair he has going on. Anyway, he scored on his league debut against Wolverhampton Wanderers. And although Arsenal won the league that year, he didn't get a medal, you see, because he joined too late. But the season after, he scored 42 goals in 41 games. What was it, 41 goals in 42 games? It doesn't matter, but Arsenal won the championship again under the managership of George Allison. Then in 1935-36 they won the FA Cup and Ted Drake scored the only goal and they won the league again in 1937-38 and he was top scorer for all those seasons in between till 1938-39. Isn't that, sh- isn't that right, Seamus? Oh, please kill me. <laughs> I will not. Then the old football was put on hold for a while, you see, because of World War Two. We, we Irish didn't have much truck with that old thing, but you lot over there in the UK were mad for it. And uh, Ted Drake joined the RAF, where he was known as the Red Baron, because he always wore his Arsenal shirt underneath his flight jacket. He flew around the old skies like mad, so he did. He was brilliant at it. And one day he shot down 72 Messerschmitts, which to this day stands as the most number of Messerschmitts ever shot out of the sky by any pilot ever. It only took him 45 minutes as well. He's That's just me making fighter pilot noises, don't worry. Anyway, when the war was over, he was a bit old, you see, and couldn't carry on with his football. But in 184 games, he scored 139 goals for Arsenal. In 1995, poor old Ted died at the age of 82. And old Seamus went over for the funeral, didn't you? I wish I was as dead as he was. Ha oh, ha, Seamus, you're a laugh a minute. Look, you're drooling a bit there. Stop that. Anyway, they say these days that Ted's ghost haunts the East Stand at Highbury. It's true. If you bought one of them new flats, you're going to have to put up with his ghost going round the place going, ooh, 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 ooh. And if that happens... Who are you going to call? Oh, sorry. I'm drinking beer. Well, what do you expect? That was the man in the bar, and he'll be back on next week's Arscast with yet another player history.
So that, um, my friends, is just about that. Looking ahead to the Liverpool game, early team news suggests that uh, Adi Bayor is back, Clichy is back, Ibuwe is back, um, which will hopefully uh, make a difference. Uh, some fullbacks bombing on and Adi Bayor going around the place, and you know, I think we should. I still think we should threaten to kill him. What do you reckon? Two goals, and we're the ones that pay his wages. He'd score at least four. No. I suppose he's had a tough enough week. Anyway, fingers crossed. We need a good result to get ourselves back on track. Uh, We need a good performance as well. We need our strikers to score. We need our midfield to score. We need our defence not to make any mistakes. And, Jesus, we want to be lighting candles, selling souls to the devil. Ritual sacrifice will win us the game at Anfield. Anyway, fingers crossed, eh? Uh, We can but hope. These guys have to start scoring at some stage, don't they? Just the law of averages suggests they have to start scoring. Anyway, uh, I hope we win. And I hope we win well, because that way I can can poke the mug smasher on the arm and go, ha, 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 ha. Though he can do the same to me if they win. This is a no-win situation unless Arsenal win. So I hope they bear that in mind uh, when they step onto the pitch on Saturday morning. And they'll probably have to do my hangover a bit of good as well. Talk to you all next week on the blog and next week for another Arsecast. Uh, with thanks once again to SavileRogue.com and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Take it easy. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market